0: Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 172 and a half. My name is John Morgan, coming to you from Boise. See, I've learned to say it right. Boise, Idaho, site of UFC Fight Night 133, Dos Santos versus off. My man, Coke Coffee, can't be with me this week, but he was busting his ass all night long back home in Las Vegas. Appreciate his help as we crank through the coverage of this event. A fun, fun event. Coke Coffee, of course, will also be editing the show and putting everything together once we get it all recorded and sent back to him. So, got mad love for the man, Coke Coffee, even when he's not here in person. Listen, USC Fight Night 133, a great week in Boise. I really enjoyed this week. I think everybody here did. I speak for fighters, I speak for staff, I speak for everybody. Um, this was this was one of those weeks that I think nobody expected to be quite as fun as it was and really turned out to be phenomenal. Um, the, the, it's a cool place. If you ever get a chance to come up here, definitely do it. Again, I throw it out with the caveat, as I did earlier this week, it was summer. Uh, so <laughs> during the winter, it might not be quite as fun. Uh, but certainly some amazing restaurants here, cool little downtown vibe, a lot of fun. People are phenomenal. The crowd was great tonight in the event, just carrying that tradition. And I thought it was a great event, to be honest with you. Maybe not the judging so much, but overall I thought we had a great event, start to finish a very entertaining crowd, we said this was going to be a fun card going in, and it was it really did, I thought it delivered, didn't quite get that pop from the main event, you know UFC President Dana White always likes to say the last fight is going to be that lasting impression, that's the way you're going to walk out of the building that's the the memory and the emotion that you're going to have with you forever, that's going to be your lasting memory, and I can see that and and I think there's definitely some truth to that I definitely don't think we left on the high that we could have tonight uh, when we got kind of a a five-round, you know, not quite a Louis esque type fight, but definitely not the fastest five-round fight that we've seen in in the heavyweight division. It was a tough one. It was was a tough one, and and we'll talk about all that, but I, I thought that while it may not have been the exclamation point that we wanted on the event overall, it was still a fun card. Should say incredibly hot inside CenturyLink Arena. I mean incredibly hot, like uncomfortably so. I know you saw, you know, everybody in the crowd. I had some people actually hit me up on Twitter and say, dude, every time they show a crowd shot, everybody's fanning themselves. Like, how hot is it? It was hot, man, no question about it. Saw your man Israel Adesanya in the crowd with the stylish fan. (laughs) Uh, It it was a small building. Uh, I said uh, this is a really cool setup here, CenturyLink Arena, uh, attached to the Grove Hotel. Normally it's home of uh, the Idaho Steelheads, which is a, a, a hockey minor league hockey franchise and seats about 6,000 or so. They got a sellout tonight of 5,648 people for a live gate of just under $600,000. So not the biggest venue, but uh, an enthusiastic crowd that was there from the very beginning. And basically what we were told is that, you know, the building doesn't normally get that hot. But there were a couple issues. Number one, it is the middle of summer here. It it is hot in Boise. This is not a, uh, you know, a place that's warm all year round. But it is, uh, you know, unseasonably hot, I guess, at this point. They're not used to getting crowds that big uh, for that long, especially. I mean, this is a lot of people. I mean, there were lines to get in at the beginning of this thing. Uh, Crowds was packed all night long. And there's no ice right now. So normally there's, there's ice down there as well. There's no ice. so the, the combination of all that, I, I don't know if the air conditioner broke or if it just couldn't keep up, um, but it was one of the hotter venues we've ever been to. Uh, I heard Jimmy Smith, I, I didn't see it, but I saw on Twitter I think Jimmy Smith said it was the hottest venue he's ever been in. Uh, my man John Anik can attest, <laughs> Jimmy Smith has not experienced Fortaleza, Brazil. Uh, some of those events in Brazil where those uh, arenas have no air conditioning whatsoever, and then of course production would actually seal off the open air areas that were designed to allow uh, wind to to blow through them to kind of keep people cool inside production would seal those off so that there wasn't sunlight coming in because of the time of year it was and because of that man it it got hot so it's not the hottest venue i've ever been in but it was damn near it Uh, it was super warm so um a hot hot night inside the venue but i thought the crowd was was fantastic all evening long they you know, not not too many boos, uh, not too many Ric Flair woos uh, overall. I thought they were very supportive. So I, I do think, you know, not speaking to anybody, I mean, obviously nobody's going to make commitments right now, but I do think the UFC will identify this as a market they can come back to. There are bigger venues in town. I think they were a little nervous about maybe uh, going to too big of a venue here. This is not a huge town. This is not a huge market. I think they were a little scared about coming in and, you know, not getting the sellout that they wanted now that they got it. I could see them potentially doing a bigger venue. So, fun night overall. Ended the main event, of course, Junior Dos Santos picked up a a rather clear-cut one-sided decision win over Gogoi even off in the main event. Not the most thrilling fight you'll ever see. Uh, uh, you know, it was uh, uh. It was a drag at times, let's just say it. It was a little bit of a drag at times, but I could see the concern. I mean, uh, Junior Dos Santos, I, th- I thought he looked good. His uh, you know, his, his striking was there. The jab was working. The movement was good. All the things you'd like to see out of Junior Dos Santos were there. They were working. But Lagoy Ivanov is just a tough dude, man. And, and he may not be the fastest guy. He may not be the most mobile guy. But when he swings, you can tell uh, he is throwing with, with cruel intentions. And, and there were a couple times that – Blagoy landed, uh, JDS after the fight, man, he was beat up a little bit. He didn't get out of this thing, uh, uh you know, clear, you know, he was hurt a little bit. So I understand Junior Dos Santos' concern and he kind of admitted later too, like, listen, that time off, it, it did throw off my rhythm a little bit. This is, you know, fighting is a sport of rhythm and, and the more you do it, the more you get that timing down. And, uh, you know, I was, I was struggling to feel tonight, but I felt good afterwards. So, um, not a bad performance for Junior Santos. I don't think he deserves a, a ton of criticism. I, I think he did what he had to do. It's not the type where you go, okay, now he's ready to challenge for a title, um, which is where he ultimately wants to get back to. You know, he's not just trying to be another contender and another fighter in the division. I mean, he wants to get back there and challenge for a title once again. This was not going to earn him, which is fine, because right now we know that Brock Lesnar has got the next title shot, and that fight can't happen until early 2019 uh, because of drug testing. So the title's on hold for a little while anyway. So I think this was a nice, you know, re-entry into the heavyweight division for Junior Santos after more than a year away. Of course, he had the uh, the USADA violation that was later removed, later retracted. Uh, Jeff Nowitzki went to social media and, and said, hey, just want to remind everybody he was cleared of any wrongdoing. I thought that was kind of cool for him to go out of his way. But overall, I think this was a, a, a necessary performance from Junior Santos a cautious performance, uh, uh, and a performance that he admits he needed to get under his belt as well. And now he can kind of start moving forward again. This kind of restarts his career. Um, as for Bogoy Ivanov, he's, he's tough, man. He's always been tough. You know, in his time at Bellator, his time with World Series of Fighting, he's tough for a couple of reasons. He's actually just physically a tough dude. But, you know, as we spoke on in, if you listened to the, to the show earlier in the week, he's not a, a PR dream. Um, he's pretty pretty quiet and reserved. And, um, you know, his game is, is not the most beautiful. It's certainly dangerous. Um, you know, he, he can beat anybody in the division. He is one of the top heavyweights. He deserves to be in the rankings. It's just not the most beautiful style to watch. So, you know, what you do with him next, I'm not sure. Uh, Junior Dos Santos, I think there are options on the table for him. He's calling for that trilogy to, with Steve Bay Miocic. That, that could be there. I mean, that could be there, but there's other fights. I mean, I, I know is coming off a loss, but that, you know, maybe maybe that's a fight you could make. I, I don't know. Curtis Blades is out there trying to prove that he's a rightful number one contender. He's frustrated that he got passed over. Perhaps that's a fight you can make. I mean, there's definitely options. Juno Santos is a big name. Uh, he's certainly well liked and, and loved. I mean, he's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Gives great interviews, helps promote fights, has a, has a fan friendly style. Uh, I, you know, I, I think that there are options on the table for Junior Santos. We'll just have to see what happens. I, I don't hate the Stipe Miocic trilogy. We just don't know necessarily when Stipe wants to fight again, as well. I mean, he's a little disappointed after the loss. He may try to hold out for the rematch with Cormier that he called for. I mean, it wouldn't be the worst idea if you were Stipe, especially knowing that you just had a kid. Maybe you want to spend some time with the kid. You know, maybe keep yourself healthy around that. That the 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 DC and Lesnar fight. And if something weird happens, if, uh, if you saw pops up on either one of those fighters radar, we'll see, <laughs> uh, you know, something could happen. So, you know, there's a lot of options on the table. I could see steep. maybe wanting to be a little patient and not get into that, but, uh, we'll see options on the table. Juno Santos. Uh, we did speak to him directly. There wasn't a press conference tonight. If you were looking for that online, they, they didn't have anything like that. Uh, it was just scrums all the way through. Um, Light media turnout here, no question about it. Scott Peterson did make the uh, did make the trip as well from uh, MMA Weekly, so he was back there with me most of the night. There was some some local media, but they didn't really take too much part in these uh, these post fight scrums. Um, you know, I think it, for for most of them it was the first time they'd ever seen a UFC event. So A, I don't think they knew exactly what to expect from the media. Uh, you know, the media opportunities, and B, I think they would admit they're not necessarily you know. 100% educated on the sport and they were just kind of taking it in for the first time. So, it will be interesting to see tomorrow morning what kind of the local coverage is from the Idaho Statesman and some of the other local media outlets cuz this is that this is those the those opportunities where those writers get that story about, you know, uh the, the UFC came to town and here's what I experienced and you know, sometimes you get r- rave reviews, sometimes you get scathing uh <laughs> critiques of what happened, but I got to think If I'm guessing, uh, I've got to think overall we'll see positive coverage in the media because I felt like all week long this was a positive event. So, anyway, uh, enough of that. Let's hear from Junior Dos Santos, your main event winner. Here's what he had to say after the victory. Junior, I know you were anxious to get back in there and fight. Uh, You know, it ended up being a a five-round war. Uh, give me an idea how are you feeling
1: right now <laughs> I'm feeling amazing <laughs> when uh you know everything goes away everything negative goes away when you got the w so thank okay. god I was able to to win tonight you know I felt a lot you know uh it, it's like I said you know to have the timing of fighting you have to keep fighting so one year out again I think took a little bit of away from me that thing you know but uh Wait with the time, I'll, I'll be back in shape very well, you know. And also this guy is very, very tough, you know. He, man, he, he, he beat death, you know. So, so he's, a, I was expecting a tough fight, and it was a very tough fight.
0: It looked like you had to be careful not to be too aggressive. I mean, right, because, I mean, you were striking well, your jab was working, but he was throwing huge counter shots in return. I mean, was that part of the issue? You just had to really be concerned with his power even all the way to the end?
1: Yes, it he, he, he was a... You know, I was um, uh, taking care of uh, like be care, be care, be careful with that because. Uh He's a southpaw guy. Against southpaw, it's not the same, you know, to, to be fighting. You cannot throw too many jabs. I was throwing because I found a good distance uh, to throw the jabs. But uh, uh, everything with, with you throw against a southpaw, they, they counter on top of that, you know. So uh, you have to be careful. He did great, you know, some of the shots connect very, top, very, very strong. But man, I, I feel good, you know, fighting stand-up, you know, and um, I'm glad, I, like I said, you know, I got the W. <laughs> And now it's with the time. I think I'm gonna get. Be, I'm gonna recovering and getting better, and also uh, get getting back in, in good shape to, to to reach the top of the division.
0: The crowd got a little restless at sometimes. I know it probably wasn't. It's <laughs> fast paced. You know, we kind of joked about like Lewis and Naganu and how that fight was. I mean. Were you feeling any pressure to like to try to step up the pace to try to make it a little more a little more action?
1: Uh, not really, you know. Sometimes when the people that don't like you want to give them what they they want, you know. But no, it, it's not not all the time that you're gonna be successful on doing that. You know, make everybody happy, you know. But I'm happy right now, so I hope that the the people that support me are happy too. Happy too.
0: Very nice. Give us an idea what you think, Junior. You know I mean, it's. Interesting times as we talked about the heavyweight division. You got that Brock Lesnar-Cormier fight hanging out there. I mean, the way you feel,
1: when do you want to fight again? Is there an opponent you see? Is there a date or a location? I mean, what what do you think? I don't really, I I wasn't thinking about this, you know, uh, right now. So we have to sit down with my team and think. But uh, one of the the interesting things that we could do is a third fight, me and Mio change, you know? then. yeah, let's see. You know that would be, I think, a good fight, and I want that. You know because uh, I think uh, uh, we, we deserve both of us.
0: You think that'd be a number one contender fight too? Maybe the winner gets uh, the winner of Cormier Lesnar. Or oh something yeah, like for that?
1: sure. You know uh, Miočić was the champion. You know he just lost the champion with a with yeah. one punch. You know you know it's the heavyweight division. Sometimes when you connect very very right on your face, you know you're down. So, for sure, you know, we've, uh, we're going to have to wait a little bit now because Brock Lesnar and, uh, and Daniel Cormier will fight. I don't know when, but they will. And uh, we could do this fight, and maybe the winner can fight for the title, you know. Nice. Well, overall, as you
0: leave tonight, how are you feeling? Proud of yourself for going in there. Disappointed you didn't get a finish. I mean,
1: as you feel right now, what's? How would you sum this up in one word? I feel happy. I feel, I'm, I'm, very happy inside of me. You know, I'm happy because, you know, I, I, doing the fight, I was, I was thinking to myself, you no, I'm doing this. You know, I'm, i you know, I'm able to. I'm here. I'm doing this again. You know, I'm. I, I got good speed. I, I'm throwing some hard shot, shots. And man, this is the fight, you know, uh, I think I did, I did a, a good job, you know, and uh, let's see now what's going to happen. Uh, what, I'm, what I'm feeling now is happiness and I, I need a, a vacation time with my, my, my wife and son. My wife is a man, I, he's a, she's a brave woman, you know, because she went through all these fights with me we were having this, this whole year. And it was it was heavy for her, you know. So I want to give her and my son some good times uh, somewhere else in the world.
2: <laughs> did you feel like you had any ring rust? Because you're in there throwing the spinning kicks very fluidly that you don't see from
1: the big guys as much. Uh, did you feel like you had any? Uh, I, actually, man, I'm a different type of heavyweight. You know, <laughs> I feel very I'm natural. I, I feel very good with my weight I can do. I can do whatever, you know. I can throw spinning kicks, I can throw, I can do whatever, you know. I can fight anywhere. And uh, uh, it's all about you feeling good, you know. When you find time to do the things, you know, it's again, it's, uh, it's about timing. Things work when you have a good timing of fighting. So, when, how you get that timing? fighting you know the only way to to get that timing is fighting so uh, that's what I want to do you know I want to take some time off now and go back to training get my next fight fight again and fight again and fight again when I'm 34 years old I, I still have a long time to fight
0: all right so there you go that was Junior Dos Santos who picked up a win in the main event uh I think you can hear it in his voice man he, he knows that that wasn't necessarily the greatest performance of his life but I feel like he thinks it was a necessary performance um one that he needed to get under his belt. This has been a very tough year for him, man. The, the you know financially trying on him, he had to spend a lot of money on lawyers. He had to, you know, get these drugs tested, and that that all costs money. It's not cheap, and uh, I think that made it uh, you know tough for him. Number one, financially, and then number two, I mean, you're not making paychecks, and you're laying out money trying to save your reputation. And then number two, I mean, you you staked your reputation against you know, being, you know, anti-cheater or whatever, and then you're accused of being a cheater. And I think that was really, really hard for him to deal with. I think like, think he felt like his entire character was being questioned. So uh, it has not been an easy year for Junior Dos Santos. and I think he, he came in there and did what he had to do tonight. He got the win, didn't necessarily do it in spectacular fashion, but was able to move forward, get himself back on a winning track. And now I feel like, um, now I feel like he thinks he can live his life again and, and kind of be the guy he wants to be. Um, I, I think it, there was, probably some nerves in there tonight you know just the importance of the night um was pretty big for him physically um if you get to see the videos that are up or whatever he did get beat up a little bit man i mean he he has a tendency to mark up so it's it's not necessarily the easiest thing to judge but he did take some shots in there tonight for sure And it was funny he actually walked into the uh the uh the post fight room there where we were doing interviews he kind of Laughed, he was walking by me, he kind of touched me on the shoulder. He's like, man, he's like, I, I I wanted to get back in there, but, you know, I missed it. You know, I love but I, I didn't want to do it like that. You know, I didn't miss all this. You know, he wanted to fight again, but, you know, getting beat up, and, and it's it's not easy. So, um, a trying night for Junior DeSantos, but one that he needed for his career, and now he'll, he'll move forward. Uh, the co-main event, Sage Northcutt picked up a big win over Zach Otto in a, a welterweight contest. A Big performance for, uh, for, for Sage Northcutt. I thought this was an important one, man. I, I really do. To me, this was kind of one of those crossroads fights to determine whether he really is a welterweight or not or whether he belongs in the lightweight division. I mean, he's certainly big and strong. He doesn't have much weight to cut, that's for sure. But, you know, the the record was there. He was 5-0 at lightweight. He was 0-2 in welterweight. So could he get it done? And Zach Otto is certainly no pushover, man. He's a tough dude, and he showed it early on. He gave gave Sage a lot to think about. He gave him some troubles. And to be honest with you, I, I like that. I like seeing Sage tested a little bit. I like... Um, you know, seeing Sage push to the brink a little bit and then battle back and, and, and win the fight. To me, that's even more than going in there and starching somebody. It shows it shows some character, it shows some attitude, um, and it shows his ability to fight that. And if you notice, you know, we got up at the end of the the first round after he'd been, you know, kinda punched and taken down at the same time, kinda wobbled a little bit. Man, as soon as he got back to his feet, he was he was jabbing right away, moving well, uh, doing good things, looking to turn the tide of the fight. So I liked what I saw out of Sage Northcutt tonight. I mean, I know it's Easy to hate on him because of his path to the UFC. And, you know, right away people were bitching about how much money he got paid and, and all these things. And I get it, man. He's an easy target. But I think the dude is a real talent. And, and I think Welterweight probably is the division for him. And I think being with Team Alpha Male um, is big for him as well. You know, finally has some a, a crew around him. And, and people, they're going to push him on a daily basis and, and try to make him better, man. You could see the happiness that Uriah Faber had. You know, he's, he's one of their guys now. So... Um, this was this was a big win for him tonight. Uh, again, I I like to see that he, he dealt with adversity a little bit and was still able to come back and you know knock people out with hammer fists. Man, this was the night of the hammer fists. It was crazy. Uh, I, you know, cool little push away of the arms, kind of step down to, to to break the grip, and then eventually getting those big hammer fists that put Zach Otto out. So good stuff from uh, from Sage Northcutt. He uh, he came back and talked to us as well and shared his. Uh, ideas of success in a way that only Sage Northcutt can. Here he is, Super Sage. Sage, obviously a very, very big win for you tonight. Give me an idea, kind of how you feel uh, about the victory this evening.
2: Oh, well, you know what, I feel great. Um, like I said, words are powerful. I, I came in there saying that I was gonna knock my opponent out and end up getting the finish, knocking him out in the second round. He's a tough opponent. Uh, I know he's fought some great guys in the UFC. Uh, he's a black bone jutsu, he's known for punching hard. So um, to go out there and get the finish, that was awesome.
0: First round was a tough one for you, man. How, how did you feel things were going? Did you feel like you needed to make some adjustments? How, what were you thinking through that first round? Oh, you
2: know what? He hit me with, with the hard shot in the very beginning. I actually didn't see it coming. I, I got to go watch the footage. I think I might have blinked or something or faked and blinked. So uh, next time, that would be different. But but yeah, he got me with a good shot. Um, I used the stuff I've been learning at Team Alpha Male. Stayed really calm. Never really hit me from the bottom, which was good. Ended up standing back up. And I felt I felt totally different being a 170. All of a sudden, I stood back up. I started beating up the striking. Hit him with jabs, dazing him with jabs. So. My body felt great and uh, my cardio is immaculate. Yeah, it looked like the second you
0: got off your back, I mean, you were immediately striking it. So, I mean, did you feel concerned when you were on your back at all? Like, oh man,
2: you know, here's, this, could, this could be a long night. No, you know what? I have some of the best training partners in the world, Team Alpha Mill. I have Uriah Faber who rolls around with me and he's got incredible wrestling, incredible jiu-jitsu. Um, everybody at the gym. So I'm, I'm in that situation all the time at his gym. I'm learning the sequences. I'm learning the, the techniques, everything. So. Now, now getting to fight my natural weight and start to put on more weight and grow into that weight class will be even better.
0: The, the finish, I mean, we saw two fights tonight finished by hammer Fist, which was crazy. I mean, when you were throwing those shots, did you think I can
2: finish the fight right here or was it more about just trying to get them to move? What, what were your intentions with those? No, absolutely. You know, at 170, even before the UFC, that was the weight class I was fighting at, a catchweight at 165 or 170. Um, I feel like I can hit anybody with a hammer fist or an elbow, and I could daze them, rock them, or knock them out. I'm I'm confident with it. So, um, yes, absolutely. I, I know he's a tough guy. I know he's say he was big. He he claimed he's gonna go out there and ragdoll me, but um but I'm I'm a tough guy. I'm strong, and uh, I'm I'm confident that my striking and my my skills are gonna keep improving. I'm gonna keep getting better.
0: I wonder too if this kind of fight were your test. I mean, I'm sure in a perfect world you go out there, throw one punch, knock him out, and the fight's over. Right. You know you dominate, but. Does this kind of like feel good that you were tested a little bit? You had to fight off your back a little bit. I mean, do you like a victory like
2: this where maybe you showed the world like, Hey man, I'm not kind of what you think I am. Well, absolutely, you know what? Um, you can see my is improving, he's a black bone Jitsu. I think he has his own studio, I'm not 100% positive about that, but I believe so. Um, I went in there, I was I was hitting the techniques I've been practicing at Team Alpha Male, my, my coach, Uriah Faber, I almost choked him out with the submission out there. I felt it was getting tight, and then choked the mount on a black bone Jitsu. So, my Jitsu's improving, I've always had Jitsu, and it's getting better.
0: Last well, thing for me, give me an idea of what's next. I mean. You know, sky's the limit for you. But is there a date, an opponent, a, a location that you know the UFC is going? What's next for you? You know
2: what? Uh, I'm talking with my coaches, talk with the UFC, and I'll find out. Now you mentioned <laughs> the, the weight class. You might even want to even go up higher. What, what kind of a what kind of type uh, do you see? Oh, you know What's what? Uh, I'm I'm still growing, so who knows? I might be. If you look at my brother, my brother's like six <laughs> four, and he's only 19 years old. So I. Who knows i hope i'm as tall as him i might be six five who knows and uh i could be 220 pounds 230 i have no idea so my mom's side of the family my mom's dad was six foot five six foot six really tall i i don't know i could be fighting uh 185 in the future be fighting a lot bigger but first 170.
3: all right <laughs> and uh, what would you say is the the biggest thing that your take away from being with team alpha male since coming to the
2: team oh you know what it's my first time actually having a team that's a big thing we're kind of like kind of like brothers so, we all hang out together. It's actually super fun getting to hang out. I've never had like a group of people to really hang out with and have fun training. That's, that's the main thing. Um, I'm learning all the techniques. I've been there for like 10 or 11 months straight. So, now I just, I can't wait. So, I keep getting more and more technique. Now I'm at 170, get to be my natural weight and then get to get that strength and everything. Get to grow into that weight class.
0: You said you could play around at 155. You think, no, after tonight, feeling that? You think for sure welterweight?
2: Well, you know what? I can make 155. It's, it's an extremely tough weight cut for me. Um, my, I walk around very very lean, even at, even at 170 pounds. My skin is super paper thin. So uh, making that weight is super tough for me. I, I don't quite feel like the same Sage as I do in training. And as, as you saw out there, I hit my opponent with some hammer fists and knocked him out. So I, I just feel like 170 is more, I'm more explosive, more powerful, and better weight class.
0: All right, Sage Northcut, uh Bubbly. And excited after his win, I know, shocking, right? <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story about uh Sage. He came in there to do the interview, and, and in the press room, they had some some snacks laid out there. And damn it, I should have had my phone out when this happened. But they had some snacks laid out on the back, some cookies and brownies and things like that that they normally have at the end. And uh, you could see him walking over there and kind of looking at it a little bit. And I'm like, is he is he actually going to eat a brownie? is he going to eat a cookie, what's going to happen, and it was funny, because you could see him kind of like second-guessing himself, he was staring over it, and then uh, Raymond Daniels was there, and uh, some some other of his crew was there, and they were like, just eat it, dude, just 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 eat it, and you could see him kind of like second-guessing himself, and thinking it over, and like, I don't know if I should, you know, I don't, I don't know, and finally he's just like, whatever, and he grabbed a brownie, and shoved it in his mouth, and just started chewing away on it, you know, and God, I wish I would have had my phone on me to to, to take a picture of this because you know you just don't think, right? Sage Sage doesn't do this, but then his crew started laughing a little bit. they were like, "See, he does eat. He eats candy. He eats snacks. Like he he does that." And he was like, "Yeah, I'm not on my diet, so it's all good. It's good. It's fine." And uh, so we were kind of laughing about that, and, and, and we were just waiting for him to finish his brownie to come start the interview, and then it, he didn't say it to me. He kind of said it to his 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 crew, um, but he basically said uh, he said. Uh, I haven't had too many brownies in my life, but that was a pretty good one. <laughs> that was just like, that was Sage right there. Like The dude can probably count on one hand the number of brownies he's had in his lifetime. He was literally able to rank the brownies in his head uh, that he's had. So, I thought that was good. I wish I would have had my camera record recorded at all. But it was good stuff. And again, I did think that was a big win for Sage Northcutt. Uh, the fight before that, Rick Glenn, split decision win over Dennis Bermudez. Man, um... You know, I was not cage side tonight. I was in the back. I started out at cage side uh, for the first fight of the night, and then I snuck out for the main event. But um, I, I was working in the back tonight since I was rolling solo. So uh, I, I will admit that I didn't get to watch this as closely as I would if I was doing play by play and scoring the rounds live by live, uh, you know, round by round live for MMA Junkie. Uh, I will say that uh, you know we were doing that tonight. Steve Morocco was doing it, and and he scored it uh, for Dennis Bermudez, as I think a lot of people did, and. You know, I will say in the times that uh, that 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 I was looking up, you know, some issues in the first round. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just felt like that the times that I was looking up, it, it it seemed like Dennis Bermudez was getting the takedowns, was was winning the fight. I I, I was, you know, a little bit of a head scratcher to me, and and you feel terribly awful for Dennis Bermudez who came into this fight um, with two split decision losses in a row. This is three. Split decision losses in a row. Um, you you go to uh, MMAdecisions.com and you know probably about two thirds of people had it for Dennis Bermudez. Um, about a third had it for Rick Glenn. So again, it's another close fight. You know Rick told us after the fight you know, he he wished he hadn't been taken down quite as often as he was, but that he felt he was very active off his back, throwing elbows that sort of thing. He, he thought he had done enough to to win the fight. He said he you know he thought he took round one and round three. Uh, said you know round one could have been arguably uh, a ten eight, you know I don't know that, that necessarily that was the case. Nobody gave it that way. It is always weird when you get these scorecards where every judge turns in something different, and not that that's impossible. I mean, it's understandable. I mean sometimes rounds are decided you know very very closely by by you know a shot here a punch there. I mean I've always said look you can have a fifty forty five fight that's a close fight. Like, just because the, the the scoring is one-sided doesn't mean that the fight was one-sided. So, you know, that can be a little misleading sometimes. But uh, based on the way it, it pulled down, Tony Weeks, uh, Mike Mickelson, and Tom Turner were the judges on this. Uh, Tom Turner gave uh, Rick Glenn round one and round one only. Uh, Tony Weeks gave Rick Glenn round one and round two. And Mike Mickelson gave Rick Glenn round one, round two, and round three. So uh, everybody gave Rick Glenn the first and then one judge uh well two of the three judges gave him the second and one of the three judges gave him the third so none of the scorecards look the same is what I'm saying so it's it's a shame and um you know Rick Glenn a good dude he he, you know felt he did enough he wants to fight on the Milwaukee card next again he said that he thought his activity off of his back and and the elbows that he threw um, which certainly had some visual damage um on his opponent he he thought that that did enough but Dennis Bermuda's actually came out we don't often talk to the losers of fights unless it's the main event. Uh Blagoy Ivanov didn't come back tonight. But Dennis Bermudes did and and I'm not sure whose call it was to do that. The Fox desk was actually right next to us, so they may have been the one that requested him. Uh it was such a a close fight. But, you know, PR asked us if if we wanted to talk to Dennis Bermudes as well. It was actually just me in the press room at the time and and I said, Yeah, absolutely bring him back. And uh you know, normally we share the the, the winner audio um but I don't know man, just I thought this was worth sharing. The kind of the the pain and the emotion in Dennis Bermudez's voice. He he would actually end up going on social media a little bit afterwards and posted a a, a pretty uh, vibrant message. I guess he said, "At least call me baby before you f me." <laughs> uh, so I thought that was pretty good. But you know, he wasn't quite that uh, I guess refined yet. He was still kind of processing everything when, when we when we talked to him. He didn't have that measured anger just yet but he, he did express a lot of emotion i thought it was worth listening to because man it's it's tough to lose three fights in a row by split decision you think about the money that costs you you think about um where it sets you back in your career i mean he, he was on a run for a while and he's in a very very tough spot right now i mean does the ufc want to let him go i mean they could i mean they easily could right but it would seem a damn shame when, when the fights are so close but uh here's a few minutes with dennis Bermudez. Dennis, I know um, it's, it's all pretty fresh right now, and imagine you're still processing everything. But I mean, three three straight splits
4: in a row. What's what's the emotion like right now? I don't know, man. It, it's it's tough right now. It hurts for sure. Um, my last three fights. I mean, yeah, yeah, they were all split decisions. But I thought for sure I won every single one of them. Um, dominant third round finishes on on all of them. Um, I don't know how one one ref had it 27:30. What was he watching? Like, I don't, I don't know, man. It, it's just uh, it's a tough pill to swallow for sure. How did you feel the fight was playing out?
0: I mean, as you said, you definitely finished strong. I mean, he had some, some moments as well. But, I mean,
4: how, how did you feel the fight was playing out? Well, I mean, yeah, he was throwing that, uh, that rear kick. He was throwing it hard. But, like, I was blocking every single one of them. Like, I mean, what are they, like, yeah, he's keeping me away. And then I would throw him on his back and and like i would throw him on his back he'd throw a ton of elbows because he's like oh man i'm taking down and then i would stop him and then start my elbows i just i just it's tough man because um the last fight against feely he took me down more and like he won so i was like all right i guess takedowns are worth more so we swish it up we took him down a lot more than feely took me down and we were punching with it you know so like i i just don't know um my only thoughts are, I guess, I gotta finish fights. You know, I mean, but it's tough at this at this stage. You know, everyone's really good, man. The, everyone's evolving. Everyone's getting really good. So I mean, it's, it's tough to finish, guys. Um, Not that we're not trying to. So I, I don't. I don't know what the. Uh, what the answer is? Dude, do you know? I mean, how did you and your team score? Were y'all talking about it round by round, or did you talk yeah. about it after the fight? Yeah, like as soon as the the last bell rung, Ryan LeFlair came in those cages, was like, "Nice job, dude! You did what you had to do to win." I was like, "All right, cool, awesome," you know? How, did, how does this impact you? I mean, that's why I think people forget sometimes. It's not just a winner or loss, yeah. half a
0: paycheck. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, how, how much of this impacted your life to have these three like razor-thin losses?
4: I mean, I got I got kids. I've got a house. It's it's um, financially it sucks, man. I gotta pay my my coaches, my manager, paying for this week out here, flights. It just it do, it doesn't pay to lose. It doesn't. I mean, if you're in the NBA and you lose, like you still go back to your Ferrari. You still go like here, man. Like it's have to be taxed on. It, like sucks. Does
0: it sour you on the sport at all? I mean, like right now, are you thinking like? To hell with the sport, or, or do you think you know? No, I love it. I want to get back there and do it again.
4: I don't know. We're gonna go. We're gonna let it uh, sink in and uh, get back to you.
0: All right. On the opposite end of the emotional spectrum, Nico Price. This guy. Uh, if you're a roadshow faithful, you've, you've you've listened to your share of Nico Price over there. I love this guy, man. His attitude, uh, just if it, boundless energy. Uh, and a fun fighter. We said coming in this was going to be a fun fight. And 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 Randy Brown and Nico Price went there and put on a good show. Uh, you know, Randy Brown had some success early on, but Nico Price was able to battle back and, and score one of the rare knockouts that you'll ever see, uh, hammer fist from his back. Again, two knockouts tonight by hammer fist, but but, but Nico Price get it done from his back. And I, I thought this was um incredibly outstanding finish. Again, a rare finish. And one that you <laughs> – I mean, things happen in battle, man. Things happen quickly, and you got to make adjustments on the fly. It's, it's interesting how many times it comes from something that people drilled, that people practiced, that people um, tried to prepare for. But, you know, I don't know if you ever – if it. what I'm trying to say is I don't know if it was done on purpose, but the, the placement of that foot on the other side of Randy Brown's head, basically holding the head in position so that when Nico hit him with those hammer fists, I mean – I'm, I'm, you know, I'm no scientist, I'm no physicist or whatever. That had to play a role in the knockout. I mean, the the fact that the the head had no room to roll, to move, to turn, to spin with the punches, uh, I, I thought that was brutal, man. I thought that was fantastic. And you know, tried to ask Nico if that was the way he planned it or intended it, but you know, Nico's Nico's a high energy guy, man. He's he's unique. He's he's a fun individual. His fights are always going to be like that. And he's he's always come to fight and, and look for the bonus. Wanted the fifty thousand dollar bonus, called for the fifty thousand dollar bonus, ended up getting it. So he's got some extra money to feed those four kids of his back home. He's is keep me fighting as much as possible, uh, because I gotta pay the, the pay I gotta pay all the bills for these kids. So uh Nico celebrated as you know he would, and he was uh he was pure energy as well when he came back to talk to us.
5: I mean, one hell of a finish there. That was
0: an exciting way to finish. Give me an idea kind of where your excitement level, your emotions at right now.
3: Can't be explained. You know, I got to knock someone else out in front of my, my youngest child, man, and my wife, so... I'm, I'm on the 10th planet. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said,
0: going in, you said, hey, don't blink. This is going to be a crazy fight. And it was from the start. Yeah. I mean, as this thing was playing out, I mean, uh, what was it? As you can you see. Thought, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't
3: an easy fight, right? Oh, no, no. He's a great fighter, man. He's got long jabs. You know, he hit me with a few right hands. I mean, it wasn't hard enough to make me, like, fall down or nothing. It made me turn a little bit, but then I just recentered right back there, and I was ready to go again. Took him down. I realized he didn't really, couldn't do much from his back. So I hit him with a couple of elbows and punches and stuff, and then the round was over. Then next round, I was supposed to stick to more of my technique, but you know, I just went in there and kept fighting him. <laughs> and then I went to go for that leg lock, threw him over, saw his hands not there, and I just, bam! The first one, I saw his eyes roll back, so I just threw like two or three more, and I was like, Herbie's out! And then the last couple, I didn't really hit him too hard because he was already out. Right. You know, I'm not trying to ruin their careers, you know? We're here to make each other better and be great fighters and be awesome.
0: I mean, that's a rarity to finish a fight with hammer fists from the back. I mean, in all of mixed martial arts, like, when you're throwing those hammer fists, are you thinking there's a a possibility? Or are you just trying to get him to move to
3: adjust the position? Oh, no, I'm trying to knock you out every time I touch your face, man. There's no trying to – I'm going to hit you a little bit. If you move some way, sweet, I would have leg-locked him. But from there, it was all cool. I just kept hitting him. He went out with the first one. I happened to be able to get a good, like, extension, and then I just drove through. and. When I hit him, his eyes rolled like that, I was like, oh yeah, boom, boom. And I was like, Herb, boom, Herb. And then Herb stopped it, so.
0: It was interesting, I don't know if you've seen the replay yet, but you had your your foot like trapped against the backside of his head. And we kind of wondered if maybe that Contributed to the fact that you
3: knocked him out because his head was kind of locked in place. I mean, oh, did yeah. you know? I mean, were you, were you purposely trying to hold his head in place with your foot? Oh, yeah, I was making sure he couldn't come over me and punch me in the face. You know, I was trying to hold him down. I had my anchor over there, so I was just, you know, and then the punches finished him, so I didn't have to go for the leg lock.
0: Spectacular finish, I guess. I, I know I told you're ready you for that bonus money, right? I mean, do you think this is going to be worth it? It's been some great fights hey. tonight.
3: Hey, that's, I'm only the second person in the history of the sport to do that, so I don't know why I wouldn't get that, you know? And out that, look at me, man. I got punched in the face, came back, and they never fished him to death. Well, not death, sleep, but, you know, all in God's will.
0: I know you said coming to this, man, all you want to do is fight and feed those kids, you know what I mean? Yes! Uh,
3: Give us an idea, I mean,
0: what comes next for you? I mean, uh, have you looked at some dates on the calendar, some locations the UFC's going to? They've got their whole calendar laid
3: out. Fighters maybe that
0: you want to face. What's, what's next for you?
3: Oh, top 10, top 15, you know, whatever. You know, bring me some big names. And uh, honestly, as soon as you can get them back in there, hit me up, man. I'm there. You know, I need to take a couple of days off, a couple of weeks off, regain my – I did two camps in a row because of the whole Bilal, Muhammad, New York thing didn't work out. Um, but whoever, I don't care. Let's do this. And none of that, don't forget – the future's here, futures MMA, baby. We're taking it out from everywhere. It doesn't matter. We train every position, every type of style. Let, let's go, man. Futures MMA, we're taking over.
0: Cool. Awesome.
3: Sorry. Thanks, <laughs> you, no problem, guys.
0: Alright, Nico Price celebrating victory as only he can. And uh speaking of people who only have one way to be.
5: Ah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Fiasco Jones has joined me. Now, uh Fiasco is a, is an Idaho native. I mean, so this is this right. is uh this was a homecoming game for you. It was. The good news for listeners is uh it is close to three in the morning right now. <laughs> we are in a hotel, uh, and uh UFC PR man Chris Costello is in the room right next to us. He's a co worker of yours. Yeah.
5: And you're you're thinking you're trying to leverage that like you leverage that for my humanity.
0: I, yeah, I would think that you, you know, not only do you care about our listeners and and their eardrums, right, right, but also you know your coworker. You want to you know keep him happy as well.
5: I would normally I would I would say yes. That is a good metric. Um, my only issue is that he doesn't know I'm in here, so I feel like this is
0: such an identifiable <laughs> voice. Though I mean, if there are two people in the world that have more identifiable, was that?
5: Yeah. What? What? Totally. Yeah.
0: Identifi- it's a, uh, identifiable uh, yeah, voices. Yeah. The frosty beverages are ch mm-hmm. tra- starting to set in at three o'clock in the morning. It would be you and I, so
5: Alright. I know. just I just what
0: I'm trying to do is I'm trying to tell people don't turn the show off now. Right. I just know. because
5: you know, I think I think I've learned how to modulate. I think that I, I've I've come full circle. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I've a responsible During your time on audi- odd normal. Yeah. I think I've been a uh, responsible audiophile now, and I think I can handle this.
0: I like it. <laughs> I I'm hope. keeping my hand on the volume button just in case. <laughs> I can see you're and very tentative. <laughs> I will make sure that Cold Coffee is aware of any spikes that we need to address in post production.
5: I'm, I'm gonna stay calm. I'm gonna stay calm.
0: I appreciate that. Yes. Uh, all right, let's let's keep going with this card, man. Chad Mendez, a big uh, comeback for him after two years on the shelf. Uh, you know, he was popped by Usada and. He, uh, you know, said kind of, he's always said, look, I didn't cheat. I didn't do anything, but yes, I did have this medicine that had something in it shouldn't have. He's, he's always said that he did say in retrospect, you know, I kind of wish I would have argued a little bit more, you know, maybe I could have gotten the, the year, the nine months, but he was kind of burned out at the time. He tested positive, uh, came out tonight and and this was a big win, man. You could see the emotion. He had a, a huge, uh, cheering section in there. And I was really impressed to see how much of a pop he got, man. It's like people have not forgot who Chad Mendes was, um, Came in. It was a little tentative at first. You know, I think yeah. every, everybody was it was a little restless. Uh, but then, man, he unleashed that big left hand, the faint right, into the big left, dropped Miles Jury. And I love it. You know, I've, I've said this before. I love it because he, he went in and you could tell he wanted the choke. Choke wasn't quite there. And sometimes you see guys, they just are so desperate to get that choke. They'll grab onto the neck anyway and they'll drop for a guillotine and, like, give up top position. It's like he tried for it. And he said, no, 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 I'm going back to the punching. Punched away. I will say the stoppage itself. I was a little bit surprised. I don't think it was a horrible stoppage because if you if you watch the replay afterwards, you'll see. It, and I know you were you know, you were cage side. You were yeah. shooting cage side with the high-powered camera. Yeah. Um, you can see that Miles Jury actually shoots a single leg on the referee afterwards. Normally, a good sign that it's probably okay. But I, I, at first, I was a little worried because Miles Jury did have his hand up. He was blocking a lot of the punches. But I guess maybe they were hitting firm enough. Again, if you're going to shoot a single leg on the ref, then probably stop. is okay. Yeah.
5: Now I, the thing is, with my vantage point, is that uh, by that point, uh, Mendez his back was to me. Okay. So, so I just saw a flurry of punches, <laughs> um, and so I was convinced. <laughs> uh, and, but yeah, you know what, what's interesting about that fight? Because I was expecting a little bit more of the kind of like the Joseph Benavidez fight, um, just kind of a, a feeling out. Uh, maybe Mendez being a little more tentative. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that's how it started. I thought, okay, I've seen this before. You know, it's, it's a bit. This is kind of the layoff fight. And, um, no, man, he's he was just he just he had the confidence. He he, he yeah. executed and he and he found his mark. And uh, that was a a very nice comeback for him. And I was good. I was I was happy for him.
0: Good energy all week around Chad Mendez, right? I mean, it feels like I. <laughs> It, I always feel kind of a little guilty by saying the layoff did him good when the layoff has to do with the suspension, you right. know, because
3: you're
0: like, <laughs> oh, that shouldn't necessarily be a positive thing. But it does feel like, you know, he said, look, I've taken this two years to address my body and how I do things scientifically now. And, it's, you know, I've refined my approach to everything. And then, again, psychologically, I think he was kind of burned out, man. and And, and it felt like all week long, man, he was just in good spirits and just happy to be back. And, dude, he's – I mean – He's a legit contender again in that division.
5: I definitely think so. And it, speaking to the his attitude, uh, I saw that too early on is that uh, he, he literally came up and was like, "Hey man, I haven't seen you in a long time." It's like, "Wow." Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, you're not, right, you haven't. Not what I'm used to hearing <laughs> yeah, from exactly. UFC fighters who uh, are like, "Oh, you again." <laughs> yeah. Um, he was excited for his interviews. He sat down. We I mean, we didn't we weren't talk we weren't talking like too much uh, actual fight stuff cuz we're just shooting for other shows and stuff like that right now. But uh he just had this really positive air about him. And I was like, you know, this, I hope this like translates into the fight because you sometimes you see guys come in and they're they're excited and they they're, they seem low key and yep. chill, um, and then just once that the actual fight happens, they th- their body doesn't isn't executing or their mind isn't executing what their body wants to, and um, just because you know you have that long layoff, um, so yeah, it was, it was uh, Mendes was a good story today.
0: It really was, and just FYI, as a website operator, uh. Everything about him this week was some of the most clicked on stuff we had of the week. So it's it's apparent to me, I guess, that people are still kind of feeling Chad Mendes, you know, and respect to who he is as a fighter.
5: And speaking to the Boise audience, you know, like the fact that we've never come here before, right. I always think that this is just gonna the the education level might be gone, sure, or there just not be may not just be an audience for it. Um, to hear, like you said, when he showed up and they, and they knew who he was, they've mm-hmm. been they they're excited about him. He was a name to them and. Honestly like for casuals if if you can think of like Chad Mendez really isn't like the name that they think of. You know, casuals probably were like, "Who is that?" But for them to hear the whole place just like erupt for Chad Mendez was impressive, and I was very happy for my my boy my Boise people. I was like, "Good job, guys." And I feel like you you I feel like today you've earned uh not just for that moment, but just for your enthusiasm and selling the place out. They've earned another sh- a second shot.
0: They have. I think I think and I think they can come back to the bigger venue next time, you know? I think they By the way, I I'm going to since you mentioned it and and I want I want everybody to hear Chad Mendez. But I I didn't ask anybody directly. But now that I, you're a native, I learned this week. It's Boise, Boise, not, not Boise, right? Boise, which is how I would I, I say Boise State University, right. Boise, Idaho. It's Boise, it's
5: Boise. But it's uh, like I'm from here. <laughs> I spent like uh, I mean I wasn't born here. I was like I spent like 15 ish years and uh, I was originally from California, and it had been ingrained in me that it's Boise, 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 but I still alternate Boise, Boise. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't really, like, I, like, sometimes I forget, then I'm like, which one is it? Is it Boise or Boise? I don't All right. know. Well,
0: I just I, I picked up on that. I never asked anybody directly, but I picked up on that, and then I just heard you say it, and I, I wanted to make sure I was getting it right. Yeah. All right, there you go. Enough about Boise. Let's hear Chad Minnes. It's been a long time coming, man. Give me, give me an idea. What's, what's the emotion like right
6: now? Damn, that felt good. I <laughs> nah, mean, it's, uh, it's, I'm on cloud nine right now, you know. Just being able to go out there and, and get a finish like that in a, uh, an environment like that with so many friends and family in the crowd. It's just unbelievable. I mean, this is what I kill myself day in and day out for, you know, going out there and, and getting a finish like that in front of people like that. So, man, this means the world to me. I'm going to soak this up tonight. I'm going to go probably have a beer or two, go hang out, eat some Traeger brisket and, and enjoy the night.
0: Getting in there. I mean, did it feel any different
6: tonight? Like whether it be nerves, whether it be, you know, we, we talk about ring rust and that sort of thing. I mean, did it feel different like as it started? Honestly, man, it didn't. And. Uh, I was, kind of, I was kind of getting a little nervous of that because it felt so comfortable but um, you know all in all, I just everything played out just like I did, it did in my mind and what I've been thinking it to do throughout this entire camp. So um, you know I felt great in the back room, which sometimes going into a fight, you don't always feel 100% and you start questioning things like what did I do wrong in this training camp? But man I, like I said, I put so much time into this camp like I've never done before. Like I sat down throughout my entire eight weeks, like day to day, try to stick to it as much as I could or make adjustments as needed and I did an entire eight week aerobic block before I even started that camp you know and so just implementing I think all these new training regimens and and techniques man I felt like I've never felt before going into this fight so I'm excited to keep going man. Patience to start, and then you drop him on the feet. I mean, is was that combination that you saw the the faint? And the, I mean, is that was that part of the game plan, or did that just develop? You know, that was definitely a part of the game plan on the feet, and then obviously wrestling was definitely a big going to be a big part. For me, it was, you know, I didn't want to talk about it a bunch before, but being able to use a lot of faints and fakes, keep him guessing. He's a counter striker, so he's going to try to keep his feet planted, and when I come in, step back with something big. Um, I could see he was trying to time that knee. Actually, almost caught me with it. My chest is a little sore right now, but. Um, I could see he's either trying to throw a knee or step back with uppercut. So in my mind, the counter to that is throwing the right and coming over the top with the left. And that's what I did, man, I caught him right on the chin, put him down and uh, had to scramble a little bit to get, get those big punches in order, but we got it done.
0: I was gonna say, you kinda had that moment where it's like, you, you gotta
6: make a decision. Am yeah. gonna try to control the neck? or am I going to am I going to turn to striking what, what did you see what made you say let's let's look for the TKO you know i got on his throat and when they throw so much vaseline at least for me when they throw so much vaseline in your face my hands were so slippery under there i just bailed i just said not i'm not going to waste my energy trying to do this so i pushed him away and just started looking for those big punches so um, when i when i pushed him away and rolled over i could see his eyes were not 100% there, so I knew just going for the kill, and that's what I did. What'd you think of me? Because you did, it looked like you were going for broke, right, I mean, early on, you
0: haven't fought in two years. Was there
6: any worry, like, I don't want to gas myself out right here, because he was, he did have the arm in place. Yeah, at first, like I said, when when I locked up the choke, I could feel his strength was still there a little bit. When I rolled him over and saw his eyes kind of rolling around, I knew he was pretty messed up, so you know, at that point, you just go, and that's what I did. When he rolled over and started covering up, and started, man, I was hitting that dude so hard. <laughs> I was hitting him with everything I had, and he wasn't moving. So um, once the ref started stepping in, and saying "cover yourself," you know, react, and I knew it was it was go time. Just unleash until they pull it. It's gonna be interesting seeing what happens, right? Because you've been gone for so long, you're out of the rankings. You were perennial <clears> contender. Do you have an idea, like?
0: Where you should be? Like, what do you think? I mean, do you feel like, hey, man, put, you know, I'm, I was a top five guy. I'm
6: still a top five guy. Do you feel like you have to work your way up? Where, where do you feel like you should kind of be going back in? I think I left at number two and number three. Put me right back in there. That's where I belong. I mean, you know, guys, there's a top, obviously, there's some, some newer guys moving in in the division. But, um, you know, I, I, like I said, I, like I said before, we even fought this fight and we talked. You know, I feel like I match up great with these guys. My athleticism, my power, my speed, the wrestling background. You know, I think it's just going to be too much for these guys to handle. So, um, you know, I feel confident going against any of these dudes. So, like I said, I, I think put me right back where I was. Last thing for me, Alex Volkanovsky was in here earlier night, and he said, you know what, if
0: Chad wins. I sure would like to fight him. <laughs> you know, obviously he beat Darren this yep. evening. Uh, you know, and he, he kind of threw a barb. He said, you know, first of all, he wants a ranked guy, so he respects you. that. But yep. he also said, and he got caught
6: cheating, and I don't like guys who got caught cheating. Mm-hmm. So, let me ask you, I mean, is that, a, is that a, a fight that makes sense to you? <laughs> I mean, I don't think, that guy's not even ranked, right? So no, it doesn't make any sense for me, but um, you know, he did just beat a teammate. If they put him high high enough in the rankings, I'd love to knock that dude out. Do you have a date? I mean, do you know when you'd like to fight again? Man, ultimately it's up to the UFC. Like that was a quick fight for me, you know? And if they want to do something in a few months or towards the end of the year, sure my managers are probably going to start negotiating with them soon. So yeah, we'll just see what they think. I'm, I'm ready for, I'm game for anything, so.
0: All right, so Chad Mendez is a big one there. Interesting, you know, earlier in the night, and I probably should have set it up before the audio, but Alex Volkanovsky had come in on, on a big one of his own and kind of preemptively called out Chad Mendez before he knew if he won, so I was able to hear that. You heard Chad say, Listen, I don't think that fight makes a whole lot of sense, but he did just beat my guy, so if he wants to go, maybe we can go. It is going to be interesting um, where he gets dropped into the rankings after this. Um, of course, the ever important UFC.com rankings we'll see what happens there uh line those rankings (laughs) uh gorgeous George does handle the USA Today and MMA junkie rankings I'll be interested to see where he puts him at you know Chad says hey I think I'm still top three top four I mean
3: mean, yeah
0: it's probably top five at at worst I mean it's a long layoff but you look at the people that he lost to the caliber people that are there it's um it's interesting. Uh, another person that had a great uh, emotional win tonight, and and that clicked well for us all week. So you could tell people, are so interested. Kat Zingano, picked up the win over Marion Renault, and um, Kat looked uh, looked fierce tonight, man. She really did. She was driven. I feel like every Kat Zingano fight is an emotional fight, man. Everything that she's been through. I mean, uh, of course, the loss for her husband still still rings true to this point. I mean, it's not like that ever goes away, you know. Right. And now she's a she's a single mom and you know, she has to spend months or at least at the very least weeks away from her son, which, you know, you and I are both parents. We know how hard it is just to leave for a couple of days, you know what I mean? So to to, to be gone for months on end to prep and, and all these things. And man, you know, she's popular. She's a star, man. She she moves the needle, but she needed a result, you know what I mean? And Marion Renault is, is no joke, man. She's tough and very athletic as well. And Cat came out and showed you know just great wrestling tonight. Some powerful takedowns, and uh, man, you could see the emotion in the cage. I mean, afterwards she was still fighting back tears. It was a it was a big night for Kazungu. What
5: was it? I see. I couldn't make out what she was yelling after she got the the arm raised. Did she say something about her mom?
0: So we couldn't hear very well either. Um, I actually the the people. So we were right next to the. There was so there wasn't a lot of media there. So they kind of just put us in the same room with Fox, where Fox was doing their post-fight interviews. And so we couldn't hear very well either, but I heard some of the Fox people, like, clapping. So I, I ran over there. I'm like, what was so awesome that, that she said? And it was funny because they didn't, like, quote her exactly. They are like, well, she just started dropping some F-bombs and some S-bombs and whatever. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, okay. But I guess she did say, you know, she called out Amanda Nunes by, by name and said, you know that's a fight that I, that I won again. You know I beat you before, and now you're kind of running from me. You know you you owe me something. So, um, you know she did say too, of course. You know she had a lot of respect for Marion as well. It was that it was that mom versus mom right. matchup, and um, but but it was cool. I mean, Cat is uh, again a, an incredibly emotional person and wears it on her sleeve. Um, but a much needed result for her tonight.
5: Most definitely, most definitely. Um, and it it did look fairly one sided with the takedowns. Um, the third round wasn't my favorite um just because it became more of a, a grind um but yeah she was she was in it and she was uh, just tearing uh uh up so yeah i, I thought it was a good a good uh uh result for her i was <laughs> i think you, like you said earlier in the in the podcast of some of these decisions um what i'd been doing is kind of like aligning myself cuz for my shot in the cage I want to get the uh, the arm raised, kind of like the ISO. Right. And so I'm doing my best to like, okay, what is my, what, how did I judge you're, this? You're fight? trying to guess, basically. Yeah, and more than once I was on the wrong side, and I was like, what? Like, like I was just like, wow. And so, and the fact of that matter that uh, after the fight, um, like you know, it's maybe it's a like lot that hard on her sleeve. She's still just, uh, releasing that energy. Um, cat was just circling the cage, like, and she looked like on the verge of tears. And I was like, I, "Does she think she lost this? Because I don't think, I I don't think she lost it. But I've been wrong so many times this night. So, so I was like, I don't know." Uh. But yeah, when she got the victory, I was like, "Okay, this, like, yes, okay, yeah, I scored this correctly for the first time in my and life." It is tough,
0: you know, from your point of view as a, as a videographer, like, getting a little behind-the-scenes stuff that people don't think about. I mean, you're looking for that shot that you know they call it the hero shot, right? I mean, the the the, the hand in the air, right. or whatever, and you're trying to trying to make sure you're you're focused on the right person.
5: I mean, I start out wide for decisions, but um, I I align myself. Where, like, I'm on the side that I think that I'm, if I'm going to push in, I'm on the, you know, like, the closest side to the who I think is going to be the winner. And, uh, yeah, like, I so was, I, was, I, was, I, I had Bermuda's winning that fight. So I was on Bermuda's side. <laughs> and, uh, like, his face was my face. It was, it was like, what? Uh, and for strange thing, one of his coaches, when uh, Bermuda's left, obviously quite upset, um, one of uh, uh, Glenn, mm-hmm. hit one of his coaches – Um, Like ran out, like I don't know what to say. Something he literally like just to catch him. Like no, 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 you don't understand. And it was a it was a weird moment. I was like, what. What could he possibly be saying to him? Like, I thought my guy lost. Like, <laughs> like I doubt that. Hey bro. Don't <laughs> no, feel we, bad. we totally, totally should not have won this. I'm sorry. Um, so it was a weird moment. But yeah, that's just a that's a tangent there. There You go. A
0: little behind the scenes actually. Yeah. All right. I do want to play and on because you, uh, you again. This is her backstage. This is minutes later. But you can still hear even, even if you haven't seen the video. If you want to see it, it's up on MMA Junkie on YouTube as well. But uh, you can hear her. Uh, I mean, fighting back tears. Catherine, obviously uh, an emotional moment for you, an emotional win for you. It sounds like, uh, it seems like you're still kind of maybe in shock a little bit. What's what's going through your head right now?
7: Well, you guys grabbed me like 10 seconds after. I'm fighting like a filet mignon out of my cheek in here right now. I to get it out. (laughs) It's emotional. Yeah, I worked so hard for so long without any results of what I wanted. I'm really grateful for all the steps I took to get here, Um, and. But not all of them looked the way that I wanted them to. It's all part of this, so I'm just, I'm grateful. I'm and thankful. And I'm happy for everyone and everything that has happened along the way. And you know, I'm truly getting to know myself through all of this. And you know, it's just, it's nice to be here again. It's nice to feel myself again.
0: The fight itself. I mean, a grinding fight. A lot of wrestling. Uh, You know, a lot of powerful moves in there. I mean, is that the way you envision this thing playing out?
7: I was so scared going into this fight. I was very, very scared. Um, You know, coming off of three losses, all of them were losses where I never just showed up. I didn't wake up. You know, I felt out of out of it. And you know, to come in tonight, I wasn't sure how I was, who was going to show up. You know, and um, I really just wanted to dance my dance and you know try to feel her and try to, you know stay off rhythm and, and be wild and crazy and me and aggressive and just non-stop and, and go for 15 minutes as hard as I could, you know. And I have amazing fans and a lot of support and love that was pouring at me. And I, I felt it and I used it and I turned it around and, and put it on that girl.
0: Did it feel different tonight? I mean, were the, were the you, know, you said you weren't sure how who was going to be there. When, when you're walking in in the opening minutes, did it feel different?
7: Yeah, it did. I, I I I have this healthy fear, you know, and training camp was extremely hard. It was the right kind of hard, and, you know, I have all of the tools that I need, and I really took charge and, you know, changed everything in completely vulnerable ways and and just, you know, shot in the dark and, and... Went for what I thought to be right for myself, and it ended up being right. And I'm, you know, I'm happy I made those experiments. I'm happy I took those chances.
0: At, at the final, I'm sorry, at the final bell, it was funny. Kind of a beautiful moment there. You know, kind of a triangle choke, arm triangle hug there. I mean, what, what was going through your mind at that moment?
7: I appreciate her. You know, I mean, I, I'm so lucky to be able to do this sport. It's an art. It's an art, and unfortunately, and fortunately your opponent is your canvas, you know. And I, I got to finish a piece on her, and part of winning is that someone else has to lose. And I respect her, and I know she's a mom, and um, I know what it's like to be a mom and lose and have that kind of suck going home to your kid, you know. <laughs> like, so, you know, I just I want to support her. I want to I wanted to hold her and. You know, it's okay. It's part of this. You know, we're fighters. We don't just fight to win, but we want to win. We fight because we fight. You know, we fight from the day we're born, most likely. Not one of us is in here, just decided to be a fighter. We all know this. We all understand the pain game now. We just figured out a way to do it physically, and that's the truth. You expressed earlier this week that you had nothing but good memories about we. Yeah. How do you feel about it now? Oh my gosh. You God, I love Boise. I love Boise. This is the perfect place for this to be what happened tonight. You know, I I came here. We found incredible restaurants. So many people with this light behind their eyes, smiling like happy. You know, the weather's great. There's just a good energy. You know, I'm so happy the UFC decided to come here and, you know, I I hope it, you know, brings only good things for this city and this state. I I have incredible memories from when I was little, and the longer that I'm here, the more I remember, and the more that I see, and the mountains, and the greenery, and the outdoors. It's, it's a great place. It's an incredible place. I would really tell people to come here and spend some time.
0: For such a, a happy moment in your career, it does seem like you're battling back tears as you stand there. <laughs> what, what, I mean, what, what is going on right
6: now? It's
7: just not like this was hard. All of this was hard. There was no easy days in this whole thing. No easy days, not not one, you know, the easiest day was hopefully something doesn't hurt, you know, that's it, but I knew if I kept showing up and I kept running experiments and trying new things and, and doing the, sh- sorry, the stuff that scared me, like I'd find, I'd find footing, you know, and, and this is a step, you know, there's not, you no, know, there's no guarantee here on forward of how things are going, you know, I'm still going to have to do the work, I still need to be humble, I still need to, Take those risks and make those changes, but that's what I'm here to do. That's what I'm on this planet to do, and, and I'm excited. You know, I'm trying to be a good example and do what I can to, to make everything better for everybody, and, and that put, means me putting myself first, too.
0: Back in the winning ways now. What comes next? There, I mean, there's, there's some great fights out there for you. Obviously, is there a date, a location, a name? What should come next for you?
7: I haven't heard. I mean, it's been a whole like five minutes, you know, but <laughs> um, right now I'm going to. Florida, I'm going to go get my son, I'm getting on the airplane, and I'm going to go get my baby, and we're going to hang out for a few days away on the beach, unplug, and I'm just going to be with him, hold him, and, you know, we're, we're going to go home, and we're going to spend time together, because this is a sacrifice, not just on me, but on him, and I, he, he gets paid now.
6: You brought up uh, Amanda Nunez, and uh, it's a potential fight, that she might fight Cyborg. What are your thoughts on that?
7: I mean, I don't know. She's—I don't know who she's fighting. I don't know if her side. I mean, they're always talking. Everything. Everything's interesting. I think we got some unfinished business. It's weird for me to call her out. She should be wanting to call me out. It drives me crazy seeing people that have beat me go on. You know, and she—she she seems to be sitting pretty, not worried about. Uh, me, but now I'm in the W column. She's got no reason other than to lock horns with me again. So, um, you know, she's good. She's being a good champion. She's being dominant, but um, she hasn't done a whole lot that uh, that I feel has evolved past what I have done to her. So it's uh, you know, it's 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 a time, you know, time's coming. What What do you think you
6: need to do to get that uh, that second shot against her for the title? And uh, and the, how do you think it's different this time?
7: go different it won't go different i'm gonna smash her i'm gonna break her and make her quit just like the first time
0: so interesting uh cat afterwards you know she basically I, I, after she had this emotional dump she kind of sat down in the press area and uh, her coaches were with her bob barb hanchek was with her and uh barb hanchek actually had ice on her knee and and it was weird so they, they all you know cat just had this emotional dump and she sat down and um, I, I guess they were saying they knew it was going to be a good night because as they were warming up, she busted one of her coach's nose and started bleeding. <laughs> And she hurt Barb Honchek's knee. I guess they were wrestling or something. And let's like, tweaked her knee. And she was like, well, we know she's on point tonight because she's literally hurting people in the <laughs> warm-up room. So it was pretty funny. Barb was super supportive of her. And she was like, well, I
5: mean, it was good. She was like, she, she fucked me up. So I knew it was going to be a good night. Like, it's a funny metric that fighters have for, <laughs> for success.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is crazy. Uh, prelims. Alejandro Perez picked up a decision win over Eddie Wineland. Hard fight here, too. This might be one where you might have had your camera on the wrong spot, too, because this was a tough fight to call. Eddie Wineland definitely had success early, and then it got a little tighter as things went on. Um, I love Eddie Wineland, man. His boxing is so good. It's just his head positioning, his movement, man. It's fun to watch. Um, this was close. I, I You know, I, I think, you know, I was a little surprised that it was a unanimous decision. This always feels weird to say, like, ah, I kind of thought it should have been a split. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, oh, so you're saying two people should have got it right, one people should got it. You know, it's kind of weird, but... Um, yeah, it, this was a hard fight for me to score. And, and again, I was, I was a little bit distracted because I was working in the back. But I, I kind of thought at the end, you know, again, in my casual watching, that Eddie had probably done enough. And then, no, Alejandro Perez walks away the decision win.
5: I think I agree with the crowd on this one, too, because that definitely was a uh, a resounding booing. They were not um, happy. Yeah, not happy. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I mean, I'm not gonna say that it was like as one-sided as I think the Bermuda's fight was, but um, yeah, it was close. And I, had, I definitely had it pointed out for uh, for Weiland. I just think he really was working on his feet a lot more and um, striking. I think he's actually was connecting, um, and I think he had harder shots. So um, I don't know. I just yeah. It's, it, I feel like at a certain point it becomes a gut thing. And I'm on a big kick about uh, robots taking over the world, and I feel like. If there were robot judges, they would have gotten it right. There would be no split with decisions, and there would only be unanimous decisions because they would know exactly how hard, how often a fighter, like, succeeded.
0: well, maybe all that uh, technology that your bosses are working on, right? <laughs> Where they, they had that big rollout with Diakese and Yair or whatever. You didn't see all that? Okay, no. I'll fill you in on that later. Oh. Well, 13 out of f- to, to your point, 13 out of 15. Media scores tracked at uh, MMADecisions.com scored it for Eddie Wineland. So 13 out of 15. In fact, five had it 30-27 for for Eddie Wineland. So uh, a tough break for him, a dude that's been around forever, man. Eddie Wineland, um, it was funny, too, because he came out to kickstart my heart tonight, which is a a fine rocking tune in arena, but... Clay Guida came out to the same song at UFC 225, and things did not go his way.
5: Uh oh, cursed song.
0: That it, I think it may be cursed. <laughs> I think I think really what it comes down to is, as much as it is a high energy rocking anthem, you have to be aware of of the uh, you know what it what it comes along with it. Choose wisely. I, I will say this though, um, Alejandro Perez is a guy that probably needs some attention. He, he won the, the the Ultimate Fighter Latin America. I think his record in the UFC right now is like seven one and one. Uh, he's he's uh, moved to San Jose. You know he's he's from Mexico. He's learning English. He uh, tried to practice English a little bit in the interview tonight. It's it's better than it's ever been. Más mejor de mi español. I can say that. I told him that it was better than my Spanish. Um, but uh, a guy that should be on your radar. If he's not, I mean, he should be on your radar. Again, this was a close fight, but it's not like you're, you're like he got blown away and you're like, right. how did he get the win? I mean, he put in a good fight with Eddie Wine, and This kid is training at AKA. Uh, and again you know moving from Mexico trying to bring his family up as well so uh interesting stuff there Alex Volkanovsky did pick up the decision win over Darren Elkins Alex Volkanovsky, another guy that should be on your radar I mean the guy is the guy is really really good and god damn it Darren Elkins is so tough man I I feel bad cuz Darren was kind of creeping up on on that top level fight you know he was saying hey if I win this maybe me and Ortega go for a uh, go for an interim title or something like that it, now you know now that's all out the window but um, I just hope this is one of those results where Darren doesn't lose too much stock. I was shocked that this fight was on the prelims to begin with. Kudos to Darren Elkins for taking a tough test with Alex Volkanovski and saying, "Look, that guy's not ranked, but you know, I, you know, I'm going to fight him." So many guys try to protect their ranking and are scared about fighting. Look, I mean, there's just you can't say enough good things about about Darren Elkins. And he goes out there and he's just getting blasted, but he keeps fighting. And it's funny to your point that you you were talking earlier. You know, the local media here was kind of an education process or whatever. You know, they don't really know. But one of the local media people uh, came back like two or three fights later into the press room. They're like, Darren Elkins is just walking around out there, like, hanging out. We're like, yeah, man. He's like, he's a tough son of a bitch, man. You know, he goes in there and gets in, you know, just an epic war. Just punches traded back and forth. And he's like, well, didn't go my way. Unless I'll just drink a beer and watch some fights, you know. I... I, I, I I hated that anybody had to lose this fight because yeah. I, I think Volkanovski uh, is an incredible talent. I think he's he's funny. You know what I mean? He's very engaging. He's got a great attitude, and he's part of that city kickboxing crew, man. Israel Adesanya, you know, that's looking at Dan Hooker, who looked amazing. Um, you know, just that 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 ANZAC region that's coming up right now. Um, this was a tough one, but I, I mean, kudos to both guys, and I just hope Darren Elkins' stock doesn't drop too much.
5: There was a point uh, early on in the fight where I thought the the damage was gonna like turn around, like he was just gonna take, you know, his his, his hit point meter was gonna get like was swell up, and he'd power surge, and he'd come back and and uh, uh, have a turn in the fight, and unfortunately that did not happen, and no. he just kept getting pieced up. And there was, I think, it was the second round when he got uh, the knockdown, and I thought it was gonna end there, but again, the guy's made of harder stuff than you and I <laughs> and he was still he had enough wherewithal to like find a leg and just fight back. It's like damn Even damn
0: the final bell, if you remember the final bell round the final bell sounds and Volkanovsky, like cracks I mean it wasn't like a bad shot. I mean it was right at the bell, but it was clearly after the bell. And I mean it's like a blow that would knock out a horse, dude. You know what I mean? It's just like boom and Darren just like What was that? It was after the bell, you know. (laughs) Right. That's against the rules. Not that
5: it just hurt smacked him. He's like, no, hey, hey, (laughs) hey, hey, there's rules. Come on, bro.
0: (laughs) So great. Uh, Yeah, I love Darren Elkins, man. It was tough to see him lose tonight. But Volkanovsky, keep your eye on him. This was the first time he fought in America. So, you know, might be a a new face to a lot of people, but we've been talking about him for a while on the road show. He's the real deal. Saeed Nurmagomedov picked up a win over Justin Scoggins. Split decision win here, too. Incredible, you look at MMADecisions.com, not one outlet scored it for Madoff. not one. In fact, four had it 30-27, Justin Scoggins, and instead you get the split decision for Saeed Nurmagomedov. I'm gutted here, too, because I like Justin Scoggins, man. I think he's a talented kid, and he's had some ups and downs emotionally, um, you know, physically. He's had some issues along the way, but I think he's a talented kid. And when you see somebody lose a fight like that, and I know Mick Maynard and Sean Shelby, man, they've got a tough job. You know, they they've only got so many slots to fill and there's only so many fights available. But you hope that they take into account that like, yes, this was another loss for Justin Scoggins, but literally most everybody thinks he won the fight. Um I don't know, that was that was a tough one.
5: That was. And honestly, uh if anything I'm uh, gaining more faith in my judging skills because <laughs> I asked Goggins as well, um, and that's a, I think this is a, probably you know, the in beginning of the night when I'm like realizing like okay maybe I'm wrong like maybe <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, um, <laughs> and uh, but yeah no uh, I, I definitely it was I, I was baffled by this one completely and uh, this does try to remind me of, like not to keep going back to Bermuda's, but like, I feel like Bermuda's is on was a three fight mm-hmm. loss slide yep. um, and this guy that that especially this one I think was stolen from him and uh like when you think about that that, that what did, what do they do what do the matchmakers do there's three losses but then if you look at the quality of the fights like 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 the the Scoggins fight was the quality of the fight was there yeah he's
0: yeah. such an entertaining guy just the way he moves the way he approaches it
5: yeah so um I mean, and but it's tough because you know you're trying to you have contender series now like just feeding more people in uh, so right. uh, uh every week um, so the the pressure becomes like well like is it do you add any sentiment do you add any kind of like well you're losing but damn you're losing good you know um, or you're just being cheated uh, I don't know if they I mean I, I feel like those guys have to at a certain point just be dispassionate about the whole thing and say like, well, well shit sorry um, Mick and back. Sean
0: have to be the only two human beings on earth that don't like the Contender series
5: yeah you know what I mean they're like <laughs> oh my god like you signed
0: four people Dana holy shit
5: right what I <laughs> it's basically yeah, one man's just chaos project like you figure it out just I throws a bunch of stuff and like
0: I'd love to see you know they have like the meetings and we don't get to see that right. I'd love to hear those meetings where Dana's like, I want that guy, that guy, and that guy, and like the and like Mick and Sean are like, we don't want any of them, none of them, <laughs> right? Like they were really good, I know, but we have no space whatsoever. <laughs> Be tough.
5: Yeah, so uh, I just feel like it's like it, that kind of pressure um, is, is 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 what pushes out Scoggins and mm-hmm. the Bermudas and, and fo- folks like that who are on paper losers, but like if you've ever seen these men fight. Um, you know that, like they, I mean, if you're a fight fan, those names resonate. Those mm-hmm. are re- why you, they're, they're for the reasons why you buy a ticket. It's like, oh crap, Bermuse is on, Scoggins is on. You're so right. That, that, that's that's you know for and they're, those are not casual names. Those are fan names, and because they, if you've followed them, you know that they're 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 never been in a boring fight. So it's like. All right. I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't know. what's It's a
0: great point, man, because it is at the end of the day, it's about wins and losses, but I do think you have to take that into a point. It's the Japanese style, you know, it's like, you know, minimum man or whatever. He's, you know, it's, they don't care what his record is. They just know he comes to fight every single time, you know? And I think I just fingers crossed for Scott because I like the guy personally and I love watching him fight. And this was a tough one. Uh, a couple interesting things I did learn tonight: Sergei Nurmagomedov is not the cousin of Habib Nurmagomedov, <laughs> who uh, has it, it's been kind of promoted that way um, among that community of Dagestani's and Russians. They kind of use cousin a lot as like
5: uh, we share the last name. It, yeah, well,
0: <laughs> and they definitely do share the last name, but just kind of like like I, I use the word brother a lot. I'm like, hey, what's up, brother? Good to see you, brother. Oh, no, thanks, brother. You know, these I am an only child. I say brother a lot, but I, I am an only child. And I think that, that among that community, like cousin, cousin, it's kind of like a, I don't know, like a sign of love or whatever, like a friendship. But I did clarify tonight because I asked. I wasn't sure because I had heard both that they were related and they weren't, and they really don't look alike at all. In fact, I think – I was trying to put my finger on it. I think Saeed looks like a Dagestani Chris Holdsworth.
5: I was going to be, say, like a like a, like a like a blonde-haired Zabit.
0: Okay. Oh, blonde-haired Zabit. <laughs> I like that, too. Yeah. So him and Khabib definitely don't – like I said, Khabib. Him and Habib definitely don't look like each other. Um, but Um So I did ask tonight uh, in the scrum. I was, like, trying to be respectful. I didn't want to be like, so, bro, is he related? But I was like, hey, you know, you you do have the name Nurmagomedov. Like, Nurmagomedov carries a lot of weight with it. Like, do you want to be associated with that? And he's like, hey, we're friends, you know. But – um. You know, he's him, I'm me, I want my own legacy, that sort of thing. All right, cool. So I asked somebody from his team afterwards, I was like, just to clarify, I'm like, are they related, like, at all? I was like, no, they just have the same last name. I was like, oh, okay. But I think it was actually, like, even on the UFC graphics tonight, like, they said something like, he's his cousin, oh, I, I, really? is yeah. what I heard, but, but he's not, I was told tonight they are not actually related at all. They have the same last name, they are friends, but it was like... Nurmagomedov is actually a pretty common name, like Magomedov or whatever. You know, it's like it's it's pretty common. The other thing, um, I asked him if he wanted to be on that Russia card. Of course, you know the the, the Russian debut. I mean, do, do you want to be there? Do you want to fight at home? And he was kind of dismissive of it, you know, and, and said, eh, you know, whatever, we'll see what happens. But I, sp- I spoke to his team as well, and they said. Boy, that Russia card—it's two. Number one, they said, even though we haven't seen it yet, right. from what they're hearing behind the scenes, it's it's pretty much already booked. Like you know, the whole thing's like just about done. So there's not a lot of space anyway. But they did say, and this is something I hadn't considered, and it was pretty intriguing, and it got it kind of piqued my interest a little bit, is that as a Russian fighter on that card, that is going to be the most pressure-packed situation, because they said, look, MMA has a big following in Russia. This event is going to be big. Yes, it's just a fight night. So from our perspective, right. like, yeah, it's just a fight They'll night. They'll send you know? one of us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. So we're not that worried. But there, it's going to be a huge thing. Like they said, the media they're expecting the media turnout to be massive. They're saying, you know, there's going to be big fan events. You know, they're, they're probably going to do it up like a pay-per-view in terms of how PR presents it. So yeah. there's probably going to be open workouts, press conferences. And it's it's going to be, like, massive. So uh, uh, it, it was an interesting discussion to say, well – We probably can't get on there anyway, but just FYI, the Russians that are on this card, it's going to be hard for them because there's going to be a lot of eyeballs and a lot of expectations. So, I had it hadn't even dawned on me because we're thinking, ah, it's you know just a, just a fight night, right?
5: It's going to be a big event. Well, I feel like you just ruined my uh, because I I try I'm trying to get on that card myself and uh, well to work it. Yeah. And uh, now you're (laughs) not not to fight on it. (laughs) Yeah, not to strangely not to fight on it. Um. Uh, and what you're, what I'm hearing is that uh, I'm not going to get very much vacation time. Is what you're saying? You yeah. Know, oh not, yeah. There, there's going to be no spare time. No, 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 pebbling. no, no.
0: Because I want to go too. Like I, like, basically, I've already said like, and, and I'll just throw it out there. I've already said that like, if if MMA Junkie won't pay my way. This is one where I might use my bonus miles, just because I—I've I mean, never been to Moscow, right. you know what I mean—and I want to see this scene firsthand. But yeah, as far as like going and, and thinking like, and uh, I'll take a tour of Red Square, and I'll take—nah, that ain't gonna happen, bro. It's gonna be crazy.
5: Oh, that's disappointing. Oh
0: well, I bet we can. I bet we can sneak in a vodka too.
5: I, you know what? I—I I feel like Moscow's a place that doesn't close. Maybe. Oh, I bet yeah. you're right. Yeah, yeah I, I bet. bet you're I, totally I bet. Right.
0: The, I bet they party. All right. Uh, only Barcelos picked up a TKO win over Kurt Holubow. Holy shit! This was a huge knockout, massive knockout. Um, rocked him, hit him with a couple punches on the feet. And uh, I will say very respectfully, uh, fight, you know, once Hulabah went down, Barcelos didn't follow, didn't need to be pulled away. So I thought he handled himself the class. I mean, for a UFC debut, pretty damn impressive.
5: Yeah, yeah and also very emotional. I, I, feel, I mean, like – uh, he like multiple times, like uh, like stood up and collapsed down, and then just pounded the canvas. Um, so yeah, yeah, obviously he was feeling it, and uh, it, it was a very, it, I think it was it was the, no, it was, there was a submission earlier, but obviously the first TKO. And yeah, I thought it was first big,
0: big, the first thing that really brought the crowd to their yeah. feet. Yeah,
5: and uh, because I had some friends in 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 town, and I'd actually told them, um, like you know, like trust me when you see these things, a uh, fight. In the, in the real world, and with your own eyes, it, it'll convert you. You'll become a fan. Um, and up until then, I felt like the the fights were they were good, but I was like, you know, kind of like the kind of a I wanted something like just to really just like, I'm knocking it out of the park. You know? And yeah. like, it's like that's that's what it is. That's the, that's the, that's the spark because they were all good fights, but um, that was the first TKO, and I was like, now I I know they're they're excited now. So I went and talked to them after that. And they were pretty jazzed. Yeah. So, uh, so thank you, thank you, uh, Barcelos, for uh, for for really just setting the tone. It was, uh, that was bur- that was
0: the first big like crowd explosion of the night.
5: Yeah. So.
0: It was cool backstage. You talked about the emotion. It was cool backstage as well. So uh, Pedro Hizo was his translator. So you're talking about a legend of the sport there, Pedro Hizo. Um, and then uh, we were talking to Heone about how he felt. He his dad. Uh, so we were, you know it was actually Scott Peterson from MMA Weekly that was like. Uh, hey, I mean, having Pedro Heezo in your corner, like a legend, like that's got to be amazing, right? And he's like, no, it's, it's great. It's great. He's like, but my dad. He's like, my dad was here, and he brought his dad in. He's like, my dad's been a black belt for like 40 years. Like he taught me everything, you know, started out in jiu-jitsu. And then Pedro kind of started telling us the story that, like, I guess he started out as a complete jiu-jitsu guy. His dad obviously was an incredible Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, taught him grappling. And uh, he said, Glover Teixeira saw – Barcelos, you know, wrestling and doing grappling, it was like this dude's a stud, we need to get him on our team and we need to teach him and so then so Glover Teixeira helped identify him. Pedro Hizo said like he's like he didn't even know how to throw a jab, you know what I mean? And we taught him how to strike. So I mean, I mean you're talking about Incredible Brazilian lineage, you know, and they were all talking about it. it was It was a pretty cool scene backstage, and and Haone was uh was very emotional as well the whole time. So uh, an amazing debut. Uh, prelims real quick. It's getting late, so we won't keep it too much. Liz Carmouche picked up a big win over uh, Jennifer Maya. Carmouche actually afterwards revealed that she was really sick all week. I don't know if you saw her at all this that. week. Yeah, but I guess she was really really sick and uh, got sick on uh, on Sunday and had been dealing with um with some you know like uh, infections, you know some nasal infections and that sort of thing and um, you know I asked her like if she had to be careful what she'd take and I, I actually thought you know like because you can take some things but you got to clear it with your you know Jeff Nowitzki has been here all week you got to work with him to figure out what you can take but she said she actually is more of a holistic type person and so she was taking more like herbal type things but the things that she likes to take with certain like juices and cleanses and stuff like that all have calorie associations um, with them you know what I mean right. so I was thinking when I asked her the question, I was I meant, like, did you have to be careful because, like, USADA and stuff. And she was like, nah, I had to be careful because, like, everything had calories. So, that, that was interesting. Uh, Mark De La Rosa picked up a submission win over Elias Garcia. Fun fight there. Mark De La Rosa, you know, the armbar defense, basically just f- – f- Throwing him around. He said later that it was Charles Bennett. He'd been watching some highlights on Facebook of Crazy Horse. And he's like, I'll fucking try that. He's like, I've never trained it at all, but I'll try that. Uh, and pretty cool because his wife picked up a, a submission win last week. So for the two of them to to uh, to both pick up UFC wins in the course of the week is pretty cool. And Jessica Aguilar versus Jody Escabel. Um, I thought Jessica Aguilar one of the best performances I've seen in a long time for him. Mean, it was funny because her wrestling wasn't working. And that's what we think about with Jessica Aguilar. It wasn't working. Escobel, um, uh, was defending pretty well. And so Aguilar had to turn to her striking. And I thought her, I thought her, her boxing looked really good. Um, this was, I, I thought the decision was clear. Escabel afterwards, uh, was pretty shocked and upset. But, um, overall I thought I, I thought Aguilar had done enough, but it was, it was it was a good start. The fight pass prelims were good. Anything stand out to you from those first three fights?
5: Uh, obviously it was uh De La Rosa's win. Uh, his submission was it was good. I actually thought it was uh, going the opposite way, and I uh, yeah, uh, and uh, then just you know uh. Elias got just tied up, and was, that was all she wrote. And was, I, Elias
0: <laughs> looked good early on.
5: Yeah, I was like, "Oh, well, look at this kid." And then I was like, "Nope." I mean, I, I could hear like his family behind me, like, or, or I don't know, someone who actually knew him. It's kind of tough because you're in Boise. I'm like, did someone travel out? <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, they're like, "Go, oh, Elias, do it, do it. you can do it." And then he's like, he's getting choked up. I'm like, oh, that's so sad. But um, and and honestly, Carmouche, um, uh, I I can't think that of the last time I. St- watched her fight honestly um that looked this good I thought yeah. she looked crisp I looked I, I, I think she was she looked pretty good um so that was a good fight for me um because I she I just kind of I don't know like just kind of sidestepped her I think
0: she says she's she, she you know she's at 125 now and I think she says she's feeling like this was always the division that she should have been in and and now she has it and and that may have you know just that that body feel you know what I mean like feeling your right weight feeling like you're not overcutting or whatever. She looked and,
5: sharp. I don't know. She just looked so much sharper than uh, I remember her at bantamweight. So. Yep. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. And Aguilar looked good too. It wasn't probably my fight, uh, favorite fight uh, of the night, um, but she looked solid. And I actually, that was one that I actually was on the right side. You, you were to that keyed one. on the right person <laughs> yeah. there.
0: Fantastic. So judges, you actually got that one right, as said by Fiasco Jones. All right. Well, look, it's getting late. We got to get this stuff over to cold coffee so we can edit in. God damn it, it's done. We got some frosty beverages to drink. We should enjoy it. It's been a, you know, it's been kind of a. It's been a nice break from International Fight Week, but we've still been putting that grind in, so we might as well uh, enjoy our last few hours. And you're wonderful. That I'm telling you, Boise is great. It is. Uh, we're going to have some more this. content coming from here. Um, Scott Jorgensen, spoke with him briefly today, spoke with Johnny Nunez earlier this week, going to speak with Misha Tate as well, went and shot some stuff over at Boise State. I saw the, 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 the famous blue field and all that. But basically um, – about their wrestling program being taken away. And, and uh, the, a lot of people in the community are trying to trying to get together and and, and fight, and, and and they're working. I mean, they said they've been able to raise funds. They think they can even self-fund it. They just need approval from the university to say, okay, you can do this. So um, we'll have some of that content. I'll kind of tease that content uh, later in the week. It's kind of a, a special project well, MMA Junkie on assignment.
5: Yes, there we go. All
0: right, Frosty Beverage will be done. Thanks for listening.